Welcome to PolyPsych 101. I'm your host, Rini Shankerman. I'm a marriage and family therapist. You know, the first thing that we do in therapy is not therapy. You can't just jump right in. You got to build trust. So on day one of therapy, it's a day usually that I do a lot of listening. But on day one today, I'm going to do a lot more sharing in this little experiment we call podcasting. A little about just my story I was raised by two Midwesterners. My mom was from Chicago. My dad was from Milwaukee. And my mom came from a very dysfunctional family, a very abusive family. There was alcoholism. There was multiple divorces. There was moving around. There was child neglect and child abuse. There was sexual abuse in the sibling group. Pretty much every form of what's really bad for kids was what was going on in that house. And my dad came from pretty much the opposite. He came from a very stable family home. There was no outlandish mental disease or defect. There were no abusive, destructive alcoholics. There were no schizophrenics. There was no bipolar people. No one was being abused or neglected and has a very low trauma score because of that upbringing. So when my two parents from those disparate backgrounds came together with my mother at the helm of the child rearing, it looked more like an abusive, chaotic, destructive and dysfunctional family home. And with my father away at work all day, unfortunately, he just didn't quite know what was happening to his children and we didn't quite have the ability to tell him. But being raised in a really abusive and violent environment, by the way, only happens with mental illness. We want to put illness and wellness on a spectrum. This isn't about name calling or accusations. It's about what's basically good for kids and people and what's basically not good for people. So as I was stewing in my childhood and adolescence, I developed a lot of the symptoms that a lot of kids develop. I was angry. I was rebellious. I was getting into trouble. And it was manifesting as a discipline problem like a grades problem, like there's something wrong with this kid problem. And like a lot of kids who are the identified patients in their family systems, the kid gets labeled as there's something wrong with that kid. It's harder to say what's going on in that environment such that that kid is expressing either through destructive means or self-destructive means is expressing rage. So this went on for a bit. And around the age of 12, I was very fortunate, privileged lucky that my family was willing and able to send me to therapy. And when they sent me to therapy, it like changed my life. I was the kid who really took to therapy naturally. It was like my native language. I loved archetypal psychology. I loved looking at patterns. I loved learning things about people. I loved observing human behavior. And mostly over time, what I loved was developing insight and understanding so that I could overcome the difficult house that I was in and not just react to all of the dysfunction, but to actually build myself into a successful person who could overcome that, who could understand that, and who could go on to change those patterns in my own life and help others correct and change those patterns of destruction in theirs. So I was this kid who had my mind blown by therapy, and I was very lucky, again, that my parents could identify that and pay for that. I was also very lucky, I would say, just on my path that I happened to connect with a therapist at that age, that I could become a mentee and have a kind of third parent, not the emotionally abusive parent and not the very loving, but also he was in a tough place, having to be married to a mentally ill person who needed his calming and soothing and appeasement. And also dealing with his kids who were being abused 
And what was his job supposed to be? I think he was torn. And to have like a third adult around to just bounce things off of and to be loved unconditionally. I love that one of the tenets of therapy is not analysis. It is unconditional positive regard and how that helps kids develop. Like, again, what's basically good for people? It's the same thing as what's basically good for plants. You basically be good to them and they basically do well. It's not that deep. When I got to college, I took my first actual psychology class. You know, by now I'm like 18 or 19 years old and I'd been in therapy since age 12. So I had like a six year primer on this material. So when I got to school, I was really good at it. I excelled. It was a way to get good grades and build esteem. And I loved it. And I seemed to be very natural at it. I had this major advantage. And at the time, they didn't even have neuroscience. They had a class called biopsych, biological psychology. And in biopsych, they showed us what a neuron was, which is like a brain cell, and how brain cells run the whole body and how the whole psyche has a biological basis, that this is not about interpretation or ideas. It is about cells. It is about bodies. It is about health. It's getting away from the theoretical and deeply toward what is healthy for individuals. And I just loved it. After college, I went to graduate school and I got my master's. I should say I come from a family of doctors. Everyone's a doctor. It's sort of hilarious. My great-grandfather, my grandfather, my father, my brother, he married a doctor. She is also one of siblings, and she is a doctor, and her husband are doctors. Their parents are both doctors. It's very homogeneous in that way. And many of them come from an older lineage of medicine where there was something really sacred about the doctor-patient bond that is really missing from medicine today. That sacred bond has been lost through incompetent capitalistic systems, and it's actually a source of deep pain in our family. So coming from this family full of doctors, I was thinking about how I was going to become a doctor. And was I going to go to medical school or was I going to get a PhD or a PsyD? But because of good therapy, I got to make a more soulful decision that was better for my life. I got to go out there and build my own practice. And I love that word. It's a practice. I got to develop my own way of finding my way through material and see what actually helps people. What actually helps people? What makes people's lives better? And when I was coming up, the field of neuroscience was just being born. The field of positive psychology had just been born. In other words, there were all of these fields of research that were convening and we were having greater insight, awareness and tools and application than ever before. We had moved away from the negative saturated psychology to a more positive psychology, not just asking what's wrong, what's wrong, but asking what works, what would feel like a good outcome for you. And by asking people to imagine the good instead of just repeating the trope of problem saturation. We grow consciousness and possibilities, and the outcomes are increasingly positive. So flash forward to today, I have a private practice. I specialize in couples, addiction, and entrepreneurship, what I like to call sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That has nothing to do with politics, which is how I like it, typically. But what we're living through are these multiple concurrent mental health crises. And it's increasingly difficult to try to just triage you know, one person at a time, when actually these are things that we're all going through. But because of how our media is split and because of the algorithms that split us and because of all of these just strange and invisible forces that we're contending with, 
there's such a invitation to split and cut off from people that we love. That's not typically thought of as like a good idea in psychology. No one thinks that's mental wellness to just cut off, but that's like become the norm in our culture. If someone doesn't just immediately see your point of view, you ghost them. So between the grief in our culture, the rage in our culture, the reckonings, the revolutions of consciousness, I just think I can't sit this one out. It's too important. I'm here as a therapist to lend this lens to whomever might find it useful during a divisive and charged time. My goal is to host emotionally intelligent conversations about what the fuck is going on out there so that we can go beyond the vitriol and talking points into a more integrated, psychologically sound future. It's like what Maya Angelou very brilliantly said. When people know better, they do better. I'll be speaking with my own father, whom I love dearly, and with whom I'm in a strained relationship about politics and healing. I'll be talking with my mentors and teachers in the field of psychology about all that we're seeing play out in America and try to heal some of the divides in our national family. So I hope that you and your chosen family will join me and some of my chosen family for a little national family therapy in the form of emotionally intelligent conversations that will aid us in both understanding and repair. This is Polypsych 101.